podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back and Blitz Week is still going in. Here, here we have a guy who, you know, this is his second time on in a short amount of time. I called him Superman right before we went on. He's the biggest J journalist around. He's just breaking stories left and right. He's the man, the myth, the legend, K-Dog, Kellis Robinette. Kellis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to another recurring guest, QZ. I'm finally, finally earning him. Yeah, you definitely are. You're starting to climb the ladder on uh, most all-time appearances. Uh, we have, uh, you know, Derek Young and uh, Jimmy are, is, are trying to get the new top spot, and I think uh, I think you're going to probably be in the top five before we know it if you keep coming on. So, oh we'll yes, have, all right. You'll have you'll have to have to decide if that's something you want or not. But we're going to get right into it because I know you're a busy man. Uh, we're recording this on the 7th. This is going to drop on Thursday as part of Blitz Week. We're two, two full weeks, two full weeks full of shows. Uh, we're going to keep going, as always, sponsored by betonline.ag. Folks, if you're listening to this, the Chiefs are playing tonight. Um, they're playing Houston. Last I saw their double-digit favorites. So if you like that, get over there and bet your mortgage on the Chiefs to beat Houston and then to repeat as Super Bowl champions. JK, don't do that. I'm not going to be held liable if you lose your house. But if you do want to gamble, go to betonline.ag. Okay, let's get into it. We've already seen college football games. We're on the cusp of the ACC and Big 12 kicking off tonight. We have, B as we're recording it, BYU uh, Navy. Uh, that would have already been played by folks who are listening. Had a pretty fun SMU-Texas uh, State game. So, what what are your emotions and thoughts now that we are finally kicking off on what seemed to be the most improbable college football season of our lifetime? I mean, I'm happy. Uh, it made me made me gave me some goosebumps to see football back on TV this weekend, even if most of the games were terrible. Uh, that the morning slate of games on Saturday was just brutal when you had uh, what was it, Marshall beating Eastern Kentucky by 52 <laughs> nothing, and then. You turn the channel to check out the other game, and that one's 42-0. It's like, oh, man, we, we fought all offseason for this. Uh, so hopefully hopefully now that we get some power teams in the mix, we'll actually have some entertaining football, some better games, some stuff that can get, get people really excited about it. And, and I think it'll happen. Um, it was unfortunate to see what happened with TCU, them not being able to play that SMU game. But as of right now, everything else seems to be on track. They're going to at least get this thing started. And I, I really can't wait to, you know, get back in the, the press box here on Saturday and, and listen to the fans roar, even if there are only going to be about 12,000 of them. Definitely. So COVID notwithstanding, what do you as a Big J journalist anticipate being the biggest storyline in the Big 12 this year? Uh, I mean, if everything goes uh, according to plan, then I guess the question is, can somebody actually beat Oklahoma? They've been top dogs for so long. Um, on the Big Show teleconference today, there were even actually people asking some of the coaches, are you sick of Oklahoma winning it? Which, I mean, come on, 
kind of a silly question. Of course they are, but it, it just shows you how long they've been on top with uh, Bob Stoops, now Lincoln Riley. Um, and this is actually a year where I think they could be vulnerable. They, they're uh, bringing a new quarterback. Their running backs aren't, their best running backs aren't playing this year. And Texas and Oklahoma State are actually, you know, pretty well positioned to challenge them. If you're uh, drinking the Kool-Aid on Iowa State, maybe you think they can do it too. I know you're not. No, I am not. We think they're super sleepers or whatever. And you never know if uh, if uh, things go poorly for other teams and Kansas State can, uh, you know, stand up to the virus better than anybody else. You never know. They've got a quarterback coming back. Maybe they can make some noise here. Uh, I wouldn't say it's completely without, uh, you know, outside the realm of possibilities. So I, I think if ever there was a time to have some parity uh, in the league and uh, to crown any champion, this might be it just because there are so many unknowns. And, you know, if, if the wrong guy goes down for Oklahoma on the wrong week, they could lose – two, three games. You never know. Definitely. So what about K-State specifically? Is the biggest storyline as simple as saying, can Chris Kleiman follow up his debut season with another positive year? Is there something more in depth or something that you'll be more tuned in as the lead story for the season? Well, that one could go a whole lot of different ways just because I, I would normally say, yes, it's Chris Kleiman in year two. Um, I, I think he already has proven himself in year one to drag that roster that he had to eight wins. And to beat Oklahoma, which nobody saw coming, pretty impressive. Um, but there still are some people out there who compare him to Ron Prince. Um, I don't get the comparison. I don't think, you know, they had, I guess, similar first seasons. Prince won seven games and beat Texas. Kleiman won eight games and beat Oklahoma. You know, I, you know, I guess they're comparable. But I, I don't think you're going to see what happened with Prince with Kleiman. So I'm not really, you know, I don't have my radar up or anything to see if there are any comparisons there. I think he'll, he'll be fine. What just makes this season so weird is that I think for most teams, it's going to be about surviving the year, making it through um, what it is going to be actually going out, you know, making the playoff or whatever. I've, obviously, everybody wants to do that, but it's just a weird, weird kind of deal. And I, I guess the thing I'll be looking forward to most with Kansas State is just, uh, you know, how do the young guys come along? Because I think at the end of the day, you know, we don't know if they're going to be bowl games. We don't know what the end result of this season is, but if guys like, Deuce Vaughn, these new offensive linemen, some of these young de defensive backs, if they come in and ma make noise and build foundation for the future, you know, when games really do count again, I mean, they count, but, you know, when, when everything is back to normal, hopefully in 2021, they can hit the ground running and, and that's what they can benefit from. Definitely. So if there was going to be one spot on each side of the ball that you were going to be hyper-focused on or tell fans to key in on, uh, to give an indicator how you think this season might go, what are those two spots you would tell folks to be watching? Well, I mean, my answer for offense is the offensive line, just because I, I don't know what it looks like. Uh, you don't know what they're going to look like. I don't think anybody does. But at the same time, that's pretty boring. Nobody wants to hear, oh, look at the uh, left guard. <laughs> look at the right tackle, see how they're doing. So I'll say uh, I'll say running back. Um, you know, we saw last year they – uh, kind of piece some things together with transfers and, and ended up having a pretty good season running the ball. And now you've got uh, Harry Trotter in there as the senior run, senior starter, but then most of the talent, most of the more talented guys, I think, are behind him. Who's going to step up and be that, uh, you know, playmaking threat behind him? Is it going to be Deuce Vaughn? Is it going to be Jacardier Wright? Um, I think if, if any of those guys can come in and establish themselves, you know, a one, two, three punch like they had last year, this team will uh, – that's what they need to uh, 
win a lot of games this season. So that's where I would look. On defense, I guess, um, you know, I, even though I'm not really worried about them, I, I would say look at defensive end just because the one thing that could really separate this defense um, from what it was last season and from other defenses across the Big 12 is if they can get a lot of uh, heat on the quarterback. And I think they can with guys like Wyatt Hubert, Khalid Duke, Bronson Massey. Um, I think they're capable. They've got, you know, they've got the capabilities to be one of the best defensive lines in the conference. Um, but can they prove it? Um, and I guess that's what I'll be looking at. Definitely. And shout out to uh, Boom Massey, who at least on the uh, first first version of the depth chart, he's being listed as a starter. Uh, who knows, you know, I think out of every year uh, to not take depth charts released into a lot of account, I think this might be the one. But uh, he's at least showing as a starter. We'll, we'll keep moving on um, because, you know, I have a terrorist dog that's trying to get in on the show and I don't – I don't know how long I can keep her at bay. So uh, who are a handful of the names that are being whispered upon uh, this preseason? And do you chalk those up to them actually being rumors with merit or just whispers who like to whisper? Okay. Well, I think the whispers about Will Howard are legit. Um, you know, I compare it kind of to where Skylar Thompson was as a redshirt freshman. Everybody was saying, boy, you know, we, we like Jesse Ertz. We like Alex Delton, but, on down the line, there's this this kid, Skyler Thompson, who looks looks the part. He's going to be playing in a few years. I think that's you know how it is with Will Howard. I've you know you talk about whispers. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've I've you know I've already heard somebody who I trust compare him a little bit to Carson Wentz, and that's obviously the biggest success story that Chris Kleiman has had at quarterback. And the guy who replaced Carson Wentz uh, at North Dakota State, Easton Stick, made it to the NFL. The guy who replaced him is going to be a first round pick. So. You know, I, I'm not going to doubt that right now. Um, I think that uh, – I think you probably won't see him a whole lot this year, but down the line will be good. Um, Deuce Vaughn, to actually see him here on the depth chart, I think kind of affirms some of the whispers we've heard about him. And um, then, obviously, I, I don't know if you can even call him whispers, more like shouting about Khalid Duke. Um, I, I am a little surprised to see him here, given that he's, uh, you know, a uh, preseason Heisman candidate to be listed as the backup <laughs> defensive end here. Maybe that's just keeping him, you know, keeping him humble a little bit. I don't know. But uh, just given everything they've said about him, I want to see what he does. And um, and then Ke Keandre Thomas, too. I, I think he's going to be good at, 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 uh, at corner. No, definitely. I, I, I like the uh, Khalid Duke preseason Heisman <laughs> line. That, it's true. I, that, that might be the most surprising thing about that depth chart. Again, I think you're right. I think there might be some motives at play there. Uh, we'll, we'll continue on the final question about different whispers. But have you heard any whispers about guys who have been specifically be playing both sides of the ball as a COVID precaution? Or was that just something that a lot of coaches like to talk about before practice got started, trying to act dramatic and act like they're chess masters having to get a team ready to play um no I, I think that's legit um I mean from from what I from what I've been told they're pretty low at receiver they're pretty low at offensive line and if they've got enough right now if the game was to be played tomorrow they would be okay um they wouldn't have to be you know putting uh, Bosco the dog out there starting left starting wide receiver um but if things get a little more hairy and they lose another guy or two, then you might see a running back, one of the running backs we don't see on the depth chart here, 
uh, lining up and catching passes out of the slot or something like that. Um, offensive line, I don't know that they would dip into like a, a tight end or a, a defensive tackle playing there, but I think they've at least got people that if uh, an emergency arose, they could get in there for a few snaps, give some people some breathers. Um, and the the thing that uh, surprised me today was they uh, Chris Kleiman on his teleconference said he's got um, his punters uh, practicing his kickers. He's got his kickers practicing his punters. And I think, you know, we saw you're a diehard football guy. I'm sure you watched the uh, Austin P game in Central Arkansas where they just ran out of long snappers, you know, like the most insignificant position you can think of. Well, they didn't have one. All of a sudden they can't punt the ball. Uh, they don't want to get stuck in that situation. And even though I do think some of it is a, a smidge overblown in gamesmanship, like you said, there's a possibility here on Saturday you'll see some odd numbers at uh, odd positions. That's part of the glory of college football. So, you know, while I don't wish positive tests on anyone, you know, wacky, weird stuff like that is college football at its core. So I, I enjoyed seeing, you know, Austin P just have to, you know, do a shotgun snap and have the punter kick the ball. That's that's what I live for. That's that's the good stuff right there. So before we move on and get a couple of predictions, again, shout out to betonline.ag. Uh, you know, assuming everything goes off as playing, this is dropping on Thursday, you know, in about 12 hours, the Chiefs will be playing. Kellis, if you had to put money on it, are you putting the money on the Chiefs to repeat or is someone going to dethrone them? Uh, I'll be positive. I'll say Chiefs. That's I'll what I like be. to hear. That's what I like to hear. So go to betonline.ag to make that play and get their welcome bonus and Shout out to manscaped.com, promo code armchair for 20% off and free shipping. I'm not going to lie. I'm wearing my Manscaped boxer briefs right now. I'm not going to drop my shorts and flash Kellis to make him uh, vouch for me, but just trust me when I say it's the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs in the world. So after you get done shaving down the nether regions with the lawnmower 3.0, putting the best ball deodorant in the world on, then slide into the single most comfortable boxer briefs in the world, manscaped.com promo code armchair all right before we get into this Kellis, are you a boxers briefs or boxer briefs type of guy boxers all the way man yeah gotta, you gotta, gotta keep that i need that room to breathe exactly you know what and that keeps you fertile so i think uh you know i think your child count is is up there maybe i need to make the switch now <laughs> No, no, no. You need to be the Philip Rivers of the uh, Midwest Beat Riders <laughs> Association. Keep keep going. Be, go forward and be fruitful. So we'll get into it. A couple of weeks ago, I specifically asked about how Gene and Coach Kleiman have handled the pandemic and the wide array of social injustice issues. I'm not going to, you know, repeat that along with I specifically asked about the coordinator. So Although those have been staples in Blitz Week, I will, I will move on from that. But I'm going to ask, they are up to, at least last I heard, 12 positive tests. So specifically from when they started the fall camp period, which I know you hate because you don't consider it fall. I, I, I'm a longtime reader. I know you don't like that term. But since preseason camp, I'll call it, has started, how do you think they've handled the pandemic, especially now that it's gotten up to 12 positive cases? Uh, I mean – it's all subjective, and I think you have to – well, you definitely would like to see fewer than 12. Um, not every single school is releasing numbers, so it's hard to tell exactly where that ranks. And also, if you, when you just look at the numbers overall, um, I mean, it seems like a very large number of Kansas State students ages 18 to 24 have it. 
and these are the people that these Kansas State players are around all day. So it's not totally realistic to expect, you know, no spread at all. Um, I was encouraged last week when they only went from 10 up to 12 because at least at that point it shows that you're, you've contained it at least somewhat and had it jumped up to like 20 or something like that, then you'd be saying, oh boy, uh, maybe we can't play this first game. Um, but I, I think they've done a, uh, a good job up to this point. As long as that number can stay steady or go down, uh, then they'll have a good shot of getting future games. Definitely. All right. So now it's time for the real predictions. I know there are no less than 17,000 boneheads that write all this down in a ledger and will heckle you if you get any of these next questions wrong. Right, so I don't, I don't yeah, not to put more pressure, but there is a ton. So the first one is who is going to be the offensive MVP and why? Uh, I think it's going to be Skyler. Um, that's kind of a cop out being a QB, but I think he's going to improve as a quarterback and the way that they like using the quarterback run game down by the end zone. He's going to end up with so many touchdowns. I don't know who else it would be. I like it. I like it. The next one, who are you going with defensive MVP? Wyatt Hubert. He's the best player on the team. He is. I, I, I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, the, you know, the only wild card would be is I, I do think um, – I do think Justin Hughes could make a run at something like 100 tackles. If that were to happen, then you'd have some debate. But well, I have, I have A.J. Parker down for setting the Big 12 record for pick sixes this year. So, Whoa. Yeah, that's right. Mark it down. I don't what know what – record? I have no idea. He's going to get 10. He's going to get one a game. He's going to get a pick <laughs> six a game. Could you imagine? Could you – I mean – would that be enough for a defensive player to win the Heisman if he got ten, one a single pick six every single game? I was going to say, yeah, if, if he gets one every single game, yeah, I think he could do it. Well, all I, right. I, 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 he, I'll tell you what, I'll guarantee you right now, if he gets 10 pick sixes, he gets my vote. Do you have a Heisman vote? I do. Oh, my. I, how am I just not finding this out? Uh, it's not that impressive. Most most media members have one, but uh, okay. Yeah, well, since uh, since is there an application process? Because if the Big Twelve media is going to snub us, maybe the Heisman uh, House will let us vote. Um, you know, there's uh, every state has like a Heisman uh, manager who decides who votes and who doesn't. I think. Uh, it's it's either the sports editor at the Topeka paper or one of their football writers. That's always it was Kevin Haskin when I when I got this job. He just said, "Hey, I got a, I got a Heisman vote. I need to hand out. You want it?" And I said, "Sure, oh, man. That's the <laughs> new end game. For you if you want one, yes, please do. That's the new goal. Let, get me a Heisman vote. Um, all right. So, who do you think will be the young breakout player of the year? Redshirt sophomore, or younger. And if you're gonna say Khaled Duke, give me a second name as well. <laughs> Um, I'll go, uh, I'll go Deuce Vaughn. I was already kind of thinking it, uh, but now that I see him here on the depth chart, I think they're going to find some very creative ways to get him the ball. And, um, even though I think, you know, Harry Trotter or maybe even Jacardier Wright will have more rushing yards than him. I think he'll be kind of like Joshua Youngblood last season that when he does do big, do good things, they'll be really big and memorable. Uh, I'll give it, I'll give him that, that vote. I like it. Um, I can't remember if we asked you this the last time or not, but assuming you get all 10 games, what record are you going with? Uh, I, pick, I, I picked it the other day. I'm going seven and three. 
feeling a little optimistic. Uh, pretty much every swing game, I, I went ahead and handed to him. Seven and three, that's my, that's my outlook. I like it. Would any of those games get the Kellis Robinette signature stamp of approval as a statement win? Um, well, I guess it kind of depends on how, what you think of Iowa State. Um, I think they're trash. That's what if I you think. think they're God's gift, if you think they're God's gift to football, um, then Kansas State going into Ames and getting the tough road win could be considered a statement game. I mean, they're, they're ranked right now, I think, so that's uh, at least something for them. Uh, if, you, if you don't like Iowa State, if you think that's a, a guaranteed victory, then – uh, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he'll have anything that approaches the Oklahoma win last season, but shoot seven wins no matter how they come, I think is pretty good. Yes, no, I, I would consider seven as a whole a good statement. And then uh, the final one, you know, I I keep Blitz Week at least in the two years we've done it. I've kept the prediction side of it pretty uh, common. I hope to get rid of this question next year, but last time we had you on, you said they would not get all ten. We're closer to football now. There are 10 games on the schedule. Give me a number. How many do you think get played? Eight. Eight? Uh, I mean, I'd take it, but I was hoping. I mean, hey, I, I want all 10. Um, I guess the kind of the caveat in that will be which games, uh, the games that get postponed, how easy is it going to be to reschedule them? Um, if, if the one or two times it happens, they both have common off dates, or it's just one, or just happens once, and they can move it to where the Big 12 championship game would be. Then they'll get all 10 in. But I think you're already seeing it, like uh, with TCU SMU. If they want to play that game, they got to go all the way to the end of the season. I don't know if they're going to want to do it. So that that's just what it'll come come down to: is how easy is it going to be to reschedule? That'll I think determine how many games actually get played. Definitely. Well, you know what? Eight is better than five. Is better than three, which is better than what the Big Ten's going to get, at least in the fall. <laughs> Um, Nebraska yeah. Nebraska games. Yeah, and who knows? That's that's always been a fun shit show. I, I I I'm betting that once games get played, the Big Ten media mafia will get going and start spinning some stuff again. But that's all we got. Of course, oh. if you want to be super uh, optimistic, you could say they'll play 13. No well, games will be canceled. They go to the cha championship game and then they play twice in the playoff. Man, I tell you why. It would. I would. I would love it. Like I would, if case if this was the year they somehow won a national title, I would celebrate it just as hard as I would have in 2012. So, uh, I love it. I'm gonna daydream about that tonight. <laughs> uh, so that's all I got. As always, we'll give you the uh, final call. Um, you know, I I, I want to give you guys a plug as someone who has the sports pass over at the KC Star. Uh, not only you, but with some of uh, your esteemed big j journal friends are doing over there it's a great deal so plug whatever you want and tell the boneheads uh whatever you'd like to tell them oh man you're all, i always forget about this last thing i never know what to say um just keep downloading bosco's boys i mean what else is there to say right hey i love it uh Kellis, thank you so much for coming on uh have a good one enjoy getting up in the press box um, and you know what? Send a lot of pictures because there's a lot of folks who won't be in there. So uh, one final thing to the fans, anyone who does get a chance to go out there, be responsible. Don't be the reason why, you know, come week five or whenever the next home game is, they don't get to have fans. So everyone enjoy your Thursday and uh, game day is almost here. Back in the 90s, I was in a
Social Podcast Network.